whether they're young, uh, like my granddaughter, or older, like my mother. My mother really got excited about her opportunity for influence when she was 70. My daughters and I gave her a 70th birthday party and she felt like her life didn't count. And we gave her some examples of things that she could do to impact the lives of the people around her. And it motivated her to get on the ball and she felt like when she died at 86 that her life really counted and she had an impact and she got up every morning with purpose. listening to Charisma Connection. I'm Chris Johnson, and today Pam Tebow is my guest. She's the author of Ripple Effects, a book published by Tyndale Momentum. You may know Pam from a pro-life commercial she did with her son Tim Tebow that aired during a Super Bowl a while back, and she's also won a number of awards, including a National Pro-Life Award. And she and her husband, Bob, have five children and eight grandchildren. I'm told there's one more on the way. So I imagine she's kind of busy these days, aren't you, Pam? I am, and I'm grateful to be busy. Yes. Well, welcome to Charisma Connection today. Thanks for taking the time with us, uh, with all that's going on in your life. But you have an excellent book coming out that I'm sure will inspire many women. It's called Ripple Effects. Uh, Where did you get that uh, title, by the way? Oh, that's a great question. You know, I have my oldest daughter and my youngest son both declare that they were the ones that came up with the topic. We were on vacation with um, all of our adult children, and we were sitting around a table and discussing the book, and uh, they came up with the title, one of the two of them. So I'm going to let them fight it out, decide. But I'm grateful for that title because I think it really does describe uh, what influence is, and that's what the the book is all about. It's about how women have the potential to have great life-impacting influence as we impact one life and then they impact uh, someone else in their sphere and it goes on and on and that creates ripples that uh, go on and on. Mm-hmm. And the book's subtitle is Discover the Miraculous Motivating Power of a Woman's Influence. Influence is really another word for leadership, isn't it? And do you see yourself as a leader? You know, that is that's such a great question because just last week I spoke at a leadership symposium for women in banking in uh, Mississippi, and it was interesting that they would ask me to be their speaker, but they asked me because they felt like leadership and influence were synonymous. And it was a great opportunity to encourage them because they were leaders, whether they were, a, you know, one was a teller to a CEO. And I had the privilege to be the keynote and, and speak at the end and encourage them that what they do in their job uh, really does have an impact on other people. And so I, I think the two really do fit together a leader, even if you have one person under you, uh, whether it's you know, your one child or one husband or one friend or one classmate or one employee under you, um, you lead them and you have a chance by leading them to influence them. So I think it's, I think it really, uh, the two go together like twins. 
Well, the women who are listening to this podcast may be in all kinds of positions in life, from traditional I, to non-traditional. Who did you really write this book for? Well, I was thinking of all women in all seasons of life, and my goal in writing, too, was to include examples. I include a lot of women. The book isn't just about me, but I have a lot of friends. It helps to be older because I've known a lot of people along the way, and I, I, I use specific women. I just use their first names, but I use women as examples of uh, leadership and influence, and whether they're young, uh, like my granddaughter, or older, like my mother. My mother really got excited about her opportunity for influence when she was 70. My daughters and I gave her a 70th birthday party, and she felt like her life didn't count. And we gave her some examples of things that she could do to impact the lives of the people around her, and it motivated her to get on the ball, and she felt like when she died at 86 that her life really counted and she had an impact and she got up every morning with purpose because we gave her examples of things that she could do that were uh, in the realm of her gifting, her season in life, her opportunities. And I think that's true of all of us. We're all in different seasons of life and different opportunities. And no matter whether we're young or old, we still have the opportunity as long as we can are still breathing to have a positive impact on the people around us. So I just, I love to to talk about this subject because I feel like it motivates people. We all want purpose. You know, we all want a reason to, to wake up and have something to look forward to that's bigger than just our, our job or our class or, you know, our home environment. We want a reason uh, to keep on keeping on, and I think that the purpose of influence gives us that reason. Well, these are four words I don't often hear on a podcast. It helps to be older, so I'm very glad that you said that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's, you know, what choice do you have? But I think it really does because you can, you can, uh, you have a bigger framework to judge life by. Well, did you sense. I think some people talk too soon or write a book too soon before they've had that framework. You know what I mean? I I think that's true, especially when it comes to biography. You've seen some people in their 20s or maybe 30s trying to write biography, and they haven't hardly lived, it seems like. That's right. That's right. It's funny, Chris, because you talked about being a missionary in the Philippines. We both were, but when I first arrived in the Philippines, I read a book by a woman who had a a two-year-old, and she was a missionary in the Philippines, and she wrote, um, and she'd been there a year, and she wrote as if <laughs> she knew it all, and I just had to laugh because, you know, her her little frame was small, and uh, but I, I feel like, you know, we need to, to have a little bit more experience, but anyway, that's yes, just well, my we're, perspective. We're gaining it as we go along, right? And, and for those that's who don't right. know... Yes, I did work in radio with Far East Broadcasting in the Philippines, uh, so Pam and I share that in common, our uh, love for the Filipino people. We do, we do. So you write about building blocks of influence. Could you detail one or two of those? Well, I do. I I have been speaking on this topic for many years. I was trying to think back, probably about 15 or 16 years, I... Um, I love the topic of influence, so I tried to think of how I could communicate the foundations of influence to women and 
so early on I began to to um, think of what were the most important things that I could talk about that would encourage us uh, in the area of influence. And so um, I have six, but ones I thought about would be fascinating for women. Well, manual, um, obviously we, we like manuals for no matter whatever we do in life, we need a manual for it, it seems like, whether it's a cookbook or, you know, how to live the Christian life. And uh, when I first went to college, I knew one Bible verse, maybe two, and so I uh, picked up God's manual for us, the Bible, and decided, you know, I need to get to to learn it uh I need to be faithful about being in it, especially if I'm going to be uh, an employee at first, a college student, and then an employee, and then a wife, and then a mother. You know, wow, it's it, that's so overwhelming. All those responsibilities are so beyond me, and so I began to to really study the Word. My husband had a lot of seminary classes, and I took some too, but I don't think that's necessary. I think the the God's manual, the Bible is for everybody, whether you're young or old. And so um, I began uh, studying it, and then I realized that if I had the responsibility to teach my children character and and so much more, that I needed to teach them God's Word. And that was really the catalyst for me to learn it and to want to learn it so well that, that I could turn around and teach it to them. And when my oldest daughter was five, my husband gave an assignment to the to the men in his Bible study to uh, to have uh, a Bible verse uh, to a tune. And so every one of them, I learned later, gave that assignment to their wives. So Bob gave that assignment to me, and I put a tune, uh, put a scripture verse to a tune, and I realized that after I did that, we all remembered it, and we didn't just remember it then. We remember it now because what's learned in song is remembered long. So anyway, I started doing that with verses that we really needed. And, you know, when boys fight, you do a, a little boys fight each other. You teach them a verse about not fighting. And when people complain, you teach them a verse about um, not complaining. And when we first arrived in the Philippines um, our first week, my husband left us in a missionary compound, which we assumed was a a safe place, and he went off to the island of Mindanao, a somewhat primitive southern island, to find us a home. And and so um, the very first night that we were all, uh, all four of us, I had, well, five of us, I had four kids at the time before Timmy was born, and we were in one room, and a robber broke in, and I watched him as he peeked at each of our kids, and then he grabbed my purse, took a few pesos out, and left. And he didn't cause us any harm, but it did cause us to have fear. And so I thought, how am I going to combat fear? It was a very um, turbulent time in the Philippines. There were a lot of wars and coups, and I'm sure you can remember that, Chris. Um, and especially when we went in 1985, uh, there were tanks that came down our street on occasions, and uh, everyone carried guns and rifles. And uh, So I made up a scripture tune to Psalm 56. Um, and I don't have a good voice, so I want you to know that all of you who are listening, you don't have to have a good voice to do this. 
when I am afraid, I will put my trust in thee, in God whose word I praise, in God I put my trust, I shall not be afraid, what can mere men do to me, when I am afraid, I will put my trust in thee. At the time, my New American Standard Bible still had these and now, so I, you know, I could change that song, but the, it rhymes so well that I just left it in. And I taught that to my kids, and I sang that to them over and over when they went to bed every night because I didn't want them to be fearful. You know, you have to have courage to do anything in life, to to uh, do what God calls you to do, to try out for the team or the part in the play or a new job. Anyway, I, um, I sung that to them for as long as they would let me sing to them when they went to sleep. And one of the great joys of my life was when uh, my two daughters and uh, there are three kids, three of our grandchildren were together after a birthday party about two years ago. Um, we had a big day of birthday cake and, and uh, you know, presents and games and kids and craziness, chaos. And then my girl said, Mom, why don't you put them to bed? So I did, and I told them a story, and then they wanted me to sing them a song. And I I sung them that song that I had sung to their parents and they all, all five of them, sang along with me. They knew every word, and I went to my little room and just cried because that's what a ripple effect really means. You know, I taught their moms that they didn't have to be afraid, that they could put their trust in God, and then they taught that same song to their children. So that, I realized, wow, it's more effective than I could have ever imagined. So I did that multiple times because I was desperate. I was desperate to find a way to teach truth to my kids. And I think the manual will give us the truth that we need for life, no matter if you have kids or not. It has, uh, you know, pages and pages of truth that we can apply to our lives. And so I just love that manual illustration. So that's one of the building blocks of influence that you talk about in your book. I can see why you were a good homeschool teacher, too. (laughs) <laughs> oh, I don't know. You know, that is not anything I signed up for. That was my husband's idea. He just, I think it was um, somewhat crazy because no one homeschooled. It wasn't legal. It wasn't talked about because it wasn't done. And so we didn't know anyone who homeschooled, and no one had ever gone to college who homeschooled. So it was somewhat crazy and intimidating, and I... um I thought that if I submitted to my husband that God would surely change his mind, but 25 years later, I graduated my last kid, so I never did retire until then. But, you know, for us, God intended it for good because he knew that a couple of years after we started homeschooling, we would go to the mission field where we would have to homeschool, and then we had a couple kids with dyslexia, and um, that provided the opportunity for me to protect their tender little hearts from, you know, being ostracized because they couldn't read at seven or eight, and um, and they made up for it in time. And they, uh, you know, God just provided for us, and and they're bright, bright kids. But you know, the world judges people way too soon. And they judge dyslexic people way too soon. So anyway, God intended that for us. He used it for good. So we're grateful. I understand that. And you talk about moments of influence. I think you just illustrated that with your children with the song, how putting scripture into a jingle was a moment of influence for them. Can you uh, give us another example of that? Well, you know, sometimes you have to 
you have to deal with what you have on hand. Um, for instance, when my little boys started playing ball, uh, they were athletic and were thankful for that God-given ability. But it's also very natural to brag when you score a touchdown or hit a home run. So we had all these little kids bragging about how wonderful they were, wanting to tell everyone. And um, so, I, of course, I found a Bible verse for that. Let another praise you and not your own mouth. Let another praise you and not your own mouth. Let another praise you and not your own mouth, stranger, and not your own lips. Got to admit, that's not too clever, but it worked. So we would have them... We would have them have to, you know, prevent them from from uh, bragging by reminding them of that verse. They had to memorize it, and so they weren't allowed to brag about themselves. But at the same time, we also alerted some friends at church. So after a Saturday ball game, some friends at church would ask them, how did you do in your game yesterday? And then they were able to share how they did with um you know, not using prideful words, but to tell them the facts about what they did. And I think that proved to be very helpful in the long run because when they scored touchdowns or hit home runs later on in life, you know, they weren't um, braggarts. And, in fact, um, I read a newspaper article one time, you know, girls will tell you details, but boys don't. I read a, I read an article in the paper and an uh, a sports writer asked our son, Timmy, why do you not talk about yourself and brag about your accomplishments? And he said, well, when I was a, a kid, my mom taught me a Bible verse, and it's right there in the front, forefront of my mind when you ask me those questions. So I just love that. You know, God continues to use Scripture. It, that's interesting. I keep going back to the manual. But anyway, I love that part. I love the influence it has on my kids. Excellent. And so some of those moments of influence that you talk about, how did they help you form your overall purpose? And then how can you, if you look back at your own life, let's say you look back at yourself as a young woman in your 20s, would you have any particular advice for yourself that you could also apply to other young women? Oh, my goodness. In the 20s, I was learning so much. I think I I believed that um, life, all of life and my impact I had on it depended on me. It solely depended on me. And it didn't take me long to realize that um, I was inadequate for the task. So I began to see that in the years to come that I needed to depend on the Lord. You know, apart from Him, I can't do anything. And I think we're, you know, we're, we become self-absorbed and, uh, just thinking about ourselves and our abilities when we think we can do it all ourselves. But, you know, then we fall flat on our face, and I did that. Um, we all do that when we think we can, we're capable of all of it. So I learned a lot of lessons and some the hard way uh, about my great need to depend on the Lord and uh, His wisdom, His grace, uh, His energy, and everything we need for, for life and to impact the, the people around us. So I had a lot to learn. I think I, I had to learn about loving people unconditionally because, you know, I, I had my own little set of rules and judgments, and that doesn't work uh, with in real life with real people because we all have faults, and I I have faults. And I grew up thinking that, 
love was conditional. That's how I, I saw it. And so I had a lot to learn about that, that I had to, to love people just the way they come, love them just the way they are. And you learn that as a wife and a mom. But I had to learn that, you know, and as, as an employee when I had to go to work every day and had people around me that were very different from me. And I had to learn to love them the way they are if I'm going to have an impact on them. That's the way God loves us. But it took me a while to see that. So that was that would be a great uh, a, a great lesson for twenty somethings. That some may already know that, but I had a lot to learn. That life isn't all about me. That we have to to love people just the way they are, and we can't judge. You know, we just can't judge them. That's not our right, and that isn't our responsibility. That's God's. So I, that's just a couple of the lessons I had to learn in my twenties, but. So many more. Um, we think we know it all, but boy, we we do not. We have a lot to learn. And some, if they've grown up in Christian homes, may be farther along than I was. So I, I was just new in everything, so I did have a lot to learn. Well, certainly no matter where we are, whether we've grown up in a Christian home or not, uh, we continually submit ourselves to the Lord, and we, we mature in that way in our faith in Christ. And thankfully... Uh, Christ is transforming us to be like him. Thankfully, thankfully. That's what we count on, isn't it, Chris? Yes. And still, I mean, whether we're we're 20 or whether we're 60, you know, we're still learning and we're still growing and we never want to stop as long as we're, you know, breathing. We want God to keep keep transforming us. Absolutely. Well, Pam, I think we have barely scratched the surface, and I think that you've got a lot of great content in this book that's going to inspire women of all ages and stages of life. So how can people learn more about your ministry and your book? Is there a website? Well, my website is pamtebow.org, and, you know, I have to apologize to you high-tech people because I am not. And so just recently we've been updating it. It's a wonder that I have speaking events because I certainly haven't had a very attractive website. But thanks to some help, it's getting better. So, you know, give us some time because we're always improving it. But I'm thankful for the people that have come along and, and helped me because I'm not online a lot looking at other people's websites like a lot of you are. So I didn't really know how wonderful some of them are. So I'm glad I I didn't because I would want to measure up and you know it mine is is better now because I have help but we're, it's in, still in a state of flux. So it's pamtebow.org and uh, what else did you ask me? And then me? All, well also I think that uh, your publisher Tyndale has uh, information about the book and that would be at tyndale.com I believe or tyndalemomentum.com. Right, and it's coming out Mother's Day, uh, so that's you know they'll. They'll be able to get more information. That's okay. coming right up, though, isn't it? Just about a month away. Yes, it is. Well, as we close, would you be so kind as to pray for our listeners? Oh, I would just love to do that. I would love to do that. Let's pray. Father, I just want to thank you for all the women that are listening today. And, Father, I don't know their season in life and their needs and their hurts. I don't know their hearts. But I pray that they would be drawn to you today because you alone know all of that and you love them so much. And you have a plan for them, not just for today, but for all of life, to have an impact 
on the lives of those in their sphere. But no matter where we're planted in life, Lord, I believe you can use each one of us with our unique giftings, our unique place in life. No matter where we are, you see us and you have a plan for us, and it's a great plan, and we can trust you for it. I pray, Father, that because we need you so desperately that we'll be drawn to your word, we'll be drawn to your person, that we'll uh, want to seek you, that we know that we can't live life on our own, and, Father, that we'll trust you to lead us in the way that we should go, give us the wisdom and the strength that we need. And, Father, I pray that they'll discover the many ways that you want to use them that they'll be encouraged that they can wake up in the morning with purpose and influence because you give us as women that privilege. And we're so grateful for you. We love you so much. Thank you for Jesus. And it's in his name we ask all these things. Amen. Well, thank you, Pam. I say amen to that. It's been such a blessing to have you here, and I'm sure our listeners feel the same. Well, thank you. Thank you for what you do for women. Thank you that you have a heart to encourage them. I really appreciate that. Well, you're very welcome. we need it. Women need encouragement, don't we? Yes, we certainly do. We do. Well, listeners, if you've enjoyed this podcast today, take just a moment to rate, review, subscribe to Charisma Connection because we want to share more interviews like this to build your faith. And go to cpnshows.com for information about our other shows that women would enjoy, like Jolt of Joy with Bible teacher and author Carol McLeod and Dr. Barbara's Whole Life podcast with psychologist and life coach Barbara Lowe. So that's at cpnshows.com. And once again, to get more information about Pam Tebow or her book, go to pamtebow.org or tyndalemomentum.com. I'm Chris Johnson. Thanks for joining us for this special interview with Pam Tebow here on Charisma Connection. You've heard of weather freeze warnings, but I bet you've never heard of a tuition freeze warning. Liberty University has issued a tuition freeze to bring affordability back to private education. And Liberty isn't just freezing tuition and room and board. It's also offering innovative financial solutions to help you get the education you want without the extra financial burden. Just text TUITION to 839-858 to take advantage of a freeze on your tuition costs. This has been a production of the Charisma Podcast Network. Steve and Joyce Strang are the founders and owners of CPN. Dr. Steve Green is the executive producer of the Charisma Podcast Network. We intend to honor God with every podcast and remain thankful to our advertisers and supporters who make these podcasts possible. <laughs>